Sound of Hockey episode 138. We're calling this one the Paul Coffey episode. Why are we calling it that, John? Well, Paul Coffey was a good hockey player. Uh, but in <laughs> <Okay>. 1985, <laughs> good enough reason. In 1985-86 season, he had 138 points. Oh. Now, there's something I have to kind of come clean about Paul Coffey. I don't really remember him. And I know he's a legend, but I got into the sport kind of in the 90s, and that's he was playing with Detroit, and I remember seeing him on Detroit, but I don't remember him being special. So I'm hoping you guys can fill me in on why Paul Coffey is so special. I'm old, so I remember him where he started with the Oilers. He was part of those great Gretzky, Lemieux Stanley Cup teams, and he was a monster on the back end, you know, offensive defenseman. Uh, those are now a dime a dozen, I guess, right? But back then, that wasn't the norm in the league, and... Yeah, he was pretty special back there. Great skater, could move the puck, great passer. And it helps when you have Gretzky and guys like that, like Yari Curry, you're passing the puck too. Yeah. Uh, so you may remember from the Science of Scouting event, which was like, I don't know, six years ago, uh, <laughs> all of the scouts on the, Feels like it. yeah, they, they all sat up there and said that Paul Coffey was the best skater that they ever saw, which I thought was interesting. Um, to be fair, John, I, he was like a little before my time too. He you was, know, a, I knew he that, was around, but, yeah. well, he was around until, uh, 2001 is when he finally retired. But yeah. I mean, at that time he was in his thirties, right? So he wasn't like you know, when, when I started to grow up and understand what hockey was, like I remember seeing him play for Detroit and for a um, bunch of other teams later on, but he he wasn't like the absolute best player in the game or anything like that at the time. What I do remember about Paul Coffey is that uh, a lot of kids had the Sherwood Paul Coffey curve and it had ah. the like biggest like banana hook on it you'd ever see uh, <laughs> in your life. So that's uh, that's what I remember about Paul Coffey All is right. The, All right. the Sherwood stick. Uh, anyway, this is Sound of Hockey. I'm Darren Brown at Darren Fun Brown on the Twitter, joined as always by Andy Eide. Hello, Andy. How's it going? I'm at Andy Eide on the Twitter. And John Barr. Hello, John. Hello, everybody. I'm NHL2 Seattle on the Twitter. And we are coming to you from Seattle. We're going to keep this one intentionally short this week. And the reason is because we are into playoff hockey, which is exciting stuff. And we recognize that the shelf life on a podcast that just talks about the playoffs is not very long. So we want to try to keep it short so that we can get it turned around quickly for you and give you nice, current, relevant information. And uh, we'll see what happens. Maybe we sneak in another short episode later in the week, or maybe not. And maybe I just promised something that I shouldn't have promised, but <laughs> we'll see. We'll see what happens. If it doesn't happen, please don't be mad at me and we'll talk to you next week. But for now, we have a nice short episode for you that will be nice and current. We start with the Kraken news of the week and we realize that this isn't all that new but we haven't had a chance to talk about it yet which is that the Kraken have officially signed their first player to the team Mr. Luke Henman out of the Blainville Bredois Armada <laughs> The Armada. Of the Quebec Major Junior <laughs> Hockey League. I think I said that right. I'm pretty sure it's Blainville Bois. Sure, close enough. Uh-huh. So anyway, uh, this is interesting. You know, I, I predicted, I don't know if it was last week or the week before, that the person that they signed was going to be somebody out of, like, college or junior that was there for, you know, mostly to do, like, 
media hits and things like that and be the face of the franchise for a while until the expansion draft. Maybe he'll be a depth player down the road, but there's a good chance he doesn't play. This kid handles himself very well in front of the media, I have to say. So I was kind of right, right? I do think that they got somebody who has a legitimate chance to play. Definitely Robert Cron, the director of amateur scouting, friend of the pod, knows him well because he came from Carolina uh, and Luke Henman got drafted by Carolina and then didn't get signed. So, um, so there's definitely a connection there. And, you know, clearly like he's a, he's an effective player in the queue. He's the captain of the team. He's had 43 points in 32 games this season and had 74 in 63 last season. So obviously he's an effective player. Um, You know, you just, you never know, right? He's not going to be like a super elite prospect or anything like that, but he's a prospect. He's signed, he's in the pipeline uh, and who knows, maybe we'll see him one day. But um, I guess my point is, you know, they brought somebody in who really can be the face of the franchise and Ron Francis made no bones about the fact that that was something that they considered when picking this particular player. They did announce it last week, which was in the middle of his playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, he was in the middle of a playoff round and he had uh, he would have two more games and he had actually three goals in the next two games. Uh, unfortunately, the Armada would lose. And so in game five, which was a best of five series. So he's done playing hockey and maybe maybe we'll see or hear from him a little bit more frequently now that he's not playing hockey. Um, Ron Francis also revealed in the press conference, I thought that was interesting, Andy, you might have picked up on it too, is they're looking at a couple things. Usually they have a rookie camp right after the NHL entry draft to kind of get a a fresh look at all the players that they just drafted. But because it's such a a tight offseason and it's so close to the beginning of the season that they might just forego that rookie camp or that prospect camp and then put it into September, kind of asked all those draftees to come out in September as part of the regular camp. So that was kind of interesting. I was kind of looking forward to maybe getting a peek at some of the prospects that they they select in the entry draft, but it doesn't seem like we're going to have to wait a little bit longer, about six weeks for that problem. Yeah, me too. And I do remember that because I asked him the question about that. But it's <laughs> um, good that you remember. You have a good memory. Andy. <laughs> uh, yeah, normally, normally that's a, that's how it works, right? You you have the NHL draft usually in June when we're not in this COVID time, and uh, then there's a the prospect camp almost immediately, like a week or two after the draft. They go to this this prospect camp in the summer, and they'll invite guys. It's all the guys they drafted, and then they'll go out and invite a bunch of guys to, to that they find. So it didn't sound like that was going to happen. I thought his answer made sense. With everything's pushed back this year. They're hoping to start in kind of a normal time next year so that there is less time and they are going to be moving people here. So I think our first chance of seeing headmen and other free agents or other drafted players will be prior to their main camp. So wherever that is in September, they'll probably have a two-week rookie camp or something like that where they'll be invitees. They'll be uh, guys they drafted, some free agents they bring in, things like that you'll see before the main team gets going. So I love it. I mean, I think it's it's great that they, you know, they're an official team. They're signing guys. And this is just the next step in the process, right? We all knew it would come. Uh, we didn't know when or who it would be, but it seems like they they hit the nail on the head here and and picked a good kid to to be the first uh, first pick. So I love it. Uh, we now move on to a get off my lawn. We actually have two get offs my lawns. The first wow. one is John's. <laughs> Go right ahead, John. Who do you want to berate tonight? So this has something to do with something I posted on soundofhockey.com this week, uh, and it was related to going through the playoff rosters and identifying all the players that have ties to the Pacific Northwest, whether it be Spokane, Idaho, Portland, Seattle, Everett, Rice City. But I was on Clubhouse last week, and there were some prominent hockey people talking about Seattle and what they should do, being that this is a new hockey market. And 
Like I'm borderline offended that people that aren't from the area, and these are like prominent media people, are kind of talking about Seattle like we don't have hockey fans here. Like we're starting from scratch. And we are a new NHL market. And with that, it's going to bring a lot of growth, and which is all awesome and great. And I don't want to take anything away from that opportunity. But we have a pretty big hockey market here. And, and it was never more clear to me than when I do this playoff rosters and I go through it. I mean, there's so many, there's like right now there's, I think there's maybe eight Seattle Thunderbirds in the NHL right now, at least, you know, um, from Nate Thompson to Brendan Dillon, right? Obviously Barzal, Colazar, Bear, Theodore. I'm not trying to take anything away about growing the opportunity, but I don't know. Am, am I am I fair in this assessment? Should I be offended or should I just kind of go, yeah, we're a new market or whatever? Like, how I think, should I take this? I think I'm on the lawn with you, John. I think I'm on your lawn getting people off because that is annoying because it does kind of discredit the hockey history and, and community that's already here and been here for a long time. Andy, what you said sounded really inappropriate. Uh, and John, I also have a question. Uh, <laughs> Clubhouse, what is it and how do I get in? Yeah, what is that? Well, what, like, What's the password? Uh, I guess I can send you invites. Okay. And honestly, it's an interesting thing we might want to consider for our Sound of Hockey community. Oh. It's, it's almost like live podcasting where you can have people can kind of drop in and kind of talk hockey. And we could actually do the same show on Clubhouse and then people can be in the audience and then we can invite them on stage and they could ask questions. We oh could boy. get other people feedback. We could even have guests. Yeah, I guess I never really thought about bringing it up with you guys, but maybe something you could have run by us before we were recording the <laughs> podcast, but I don't know. Do, anyway, we really, do, like, do we really want people to see what happens behind the scenes here for this podcast? <laughs> well, I mean, it, you know, I think, and this isn't staged, like this, we're all on the fly right now, but, you know, maybe during the playoffs would be a good opportunity. We pick a particular day and after all the games are done, we jump on Clubhouse for 20 or 30 minutes to just talk about the games. Hmm. And if anybody's around, they're around. If not, it's just us three chatting. But if <laughs> there's anybody listening that's interested in Clubhouse and being part of this, uh, shoot me a note on Twitter or find my email somewhere. And, uh, We'll, we'll maybe figure it out. So, Darren, Andy, sorry to throw that on you, man. <laughs> but uh, I think it sounds great. It, it's actually kind of cool. I I kind of like it, and and it's a good way to connect with people and just chat chat hockey. We'll do it right after the uh, other podcast that I accidentally promised for later in the week. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which we may and or may not do. We'll do something else. But this could replace one of those, Darren. <laughs> All right, fine. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. That's true. As long as I don't have to edit it somehow. <laughs> <laughs> I also have a uh, get off my lawn. So mine is Whoa. referencing, speaking of mainstream media folks, Kelly Hrudy, who was brought up <laughs> last week during our Robert Cron interview as somebody who Robert Cron scored on with some regularity. Uh, he gave this real hot take about Vitek Vanacek pulling his groin. Oh boy, where do you start and where do I want to go? You know, I guess there's a part of me that I, I suppose I'm supposed to feel sorry for Vanacek, you know, his first ever NHL playoff start. But he gives up, first of all, it's a bad goal. He just wasn't ready. You could tell immediately that something was wrong. But I'm sorry, if you're an NHL goaltender, you should not be pulling or straining a muscle. That's one of your jobs to make sure that you're stretched out and whether that means you stretch eight to 10 times during the course of a day before the game to make sure this doesn't happen. I, I mean, that's you've got to be a better pro than that. And then it's unfair to the organization. It's unfair to Craig Anderson. Anderson in a week is going to be 40 years old. And I just think that when you're in that position, you've got to do all you can to make sure that you're stretched out. Now, okay. He he kind of has a point. 
right? Like the guy needs to be really limber and flexible because that's part of being an NHL goalie. But you know what? Stuff happens. Stuff happens. Like maybe he didn't exactly flex the way that he was exactly supposed to. You know, you can't control what your groin does, right? (laughs) I mean, I guess you kind of can in a way, but but in the way that we're talking here, you really can't control it if it's going to get pulled or strained or whatever happened to his groin. I mean, what a ridiculous thing. And then the thing about Craig Anderson, it's unfair to Craig Anderson because he's 41 years old and now he has to play. Well, he's on the roster and he's getting yeah, paid for? to play. That's exactly the reason that he's here. Unfair to Craig Anderson. It just, I, oh, Kelly Rudy. You know, was, I, I like Kelly Rudy a lot. I do too. I'm with, I I'm with you, Darren. I'm with you. I'm with you. Like, I, I, I'm a big fan of him. I liked him as a player. I've always liked him as a as an analyst. I was just yep. like, well, this is off the wall. Like, and, I just, yeah, and it's not like it's like a chronic issue that he's constantly running no. into. Like, he's just like really poor at stretching out before games. And I'm sure he did that <laughs> in the pregame warmups. I'm sure yeah, he did yeah. this cool thing that's never caused a problem before. And now this yeah. one game it did. It's like the coach coming to the goalie and saying, "Listen, why don't you try to stop the puck?" It's like, well, yeah, I <laughs> yeah. want to stop the puck. Thanks, coach. You know, I Thanks. didn't want to pull my groin. It wasn't like I tried to injure myself. I was trying to make the save, and I pulled my groin. And I'm sorry that that happened, but we need to move on now. And Craig Anderson, the old guy, can go in. Got because the win that's, that night, too, by the way. That's got the literally that his job, is to go in when I pull my groin. So yes. <laughs> anyway, get off my lawn. Just just for now, Kelly Rudy, you can get back on in a couple of days, but just for this moment, you need to be off my lawn because that was Do we know if he take. came back and like recanted any of that, or is he still sticking with that take? I, I don't know. I haven't seen him on my lawn lately, so... I don't know. Anyway, we now move on to Sound of Hockey's Three Stars. John. Very nice. Very nice. I see that you're making fun of me doing that voice. I can see you making faces. I love it. I love it. Mm -hmm. I feel filled with excitement and anticipation to hear the Sound of Hockey Three Stars. As you should. It's a very exciting segment. John, who's your star of the week? Nick Dowd. Okay. Love this guy. Mm -hmm. Um, I love him a couple different reasons. His journey to the NHL um, started in Huntsville, Alabama, where he was born. Mm -hmm. So pretty interesting. Not a lot of Huntsville, Alabama players or Alabama players. But he actually, Alabamians, uh, (laughs) he actually went through Wenatchee Wild and played with the Wenatchee Wild. And on game one in that Boston, Washington series he actually scored the game-winning goal now i want to back up and talk about this whole series leading up to that game-winning goal in overtime is brendan Dillon blocked a shot in the defensive zone it it got squirted free then washington took possession of it then so brendan Dillon, former seattle thunderbird then eventually they they bring it into the offensive zone pass it to tj oshi at the point not sure why he was at the point but he floats it in and nick dowd knocks it in deflects it in and scores the game-winning goal so you have Brendan Dillon, Seattle Thunderbird, TJ Oshie from Mount Vernon, Washington, former Seattle junior hockey player, and then Nick Dowd, Wenatchee Wild. That's the Northwest Seattle goal. hockey. Yeah, the Seattle connection. And I haven't seen the video. I saw it on NHL Network post-game, but I haven't seen it online. But supposedly Brendan Dillon got hurt when he blocked, his, blocked the shot. And he was rushing to the bench, like limping along, eager to get on that bench and get off his foot. And just when he got there, the bench erupts and everyone's cheering. And he's like, oh, crap. 
I'm still hurt, <laughs> but I got to turn around and celebrate with the guy. So he like limps into the into the celebration. It was pretty good. That's amazing. I just couldn't find the video. I just saw it on NHL Network. It was pretty awesome. I also think it's cool that those three guys, those three Northwest guys, teamed up for a game winning goal for the other Washington. Mm. Ah, good point. Great Andy. point, Andy. Wow. Andy, who's your star of the week? My star of the week, which I'm sure you guys are going to give me grief for, are the fine folks in Sunrise, Florida. Oh, no, no grief. Oh. I like that. We're going we're going off the grid here. Yeah. I really like what you're doing. Uh, let's hear it. Why is, why is the fine folks of Sunrise, Florida your star of the week? <laughs> well, you may or may not know that Sunrise, Florida is the home of the Florida Panthers. That's mm-hmm. where they play. The I do know that. Yep. I'm aware. I've been there. Uh, I've been there too. Not much there. But anyways. There's a mall. The much, yeah, I've been to that mall. I had a nice lunch there. But uh, the much maligned Florida Panthers fans, they're, they're the butt of a lot of jokes for, for a lot of reasons. The team hasn't been good historically, and they don't draw well historically. But game one in the battle for Florida between Tampa Bay, they showed up. I don't know how many were there, 9,000 or so. But man, the atmosphere that they that they added to that game, which was a great game, was unbelievable. It felt like we were back to normal times watching old-time playoff hockey with a lot of animosity. The crowd was a huge part of it, I thought. And they threw rats, which makes me very happy. Yep. Plastic Not real rats. rats, plastic rats. <laughs> only a few, though. There weren't very many. We didn't know. have, we like... We need to up it. Yeah. But there's only 9,000 people or whatever you said in the stands, too. And I just want to clarify that that's not because they couldn't draw fans. It's because that's the limit based on yes, COVID. Sorry. So, yeah, good point. Yeah. Good point. But, that's the limit right now. But you're right. I, I actually noticed that during that game as well. That, that atmosphere felt especially awesome. Um, and, yeah, seeing the plastic rats was pretty amazing. So hopefully uh, next game we see a few more. Yeah. Uh, my star of the week is on the other side of that series... Nikita Kucherov, who came out of retirement to score two goals in his <laughs> his first game back. Uh, now, things are a little funky here. I kind of, I picked Kucherov almost to like troll on some folks because I know there's quite a few people out there who are not thrilled with how things are happening with uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning because there's something like $15 million over the salary cap. And it's apparently so unfair, it Darren. just doesn't it's so unfair. matter in the playoffs. So They're cheating. <laughs> They're not cheating, but they are kind of like circumventing the rules. So are you guys, you guys are cool with it? You I'm a little irritated by it. I'm a little irritated by it. They're following the rules. They're not breaking any rules. I know that, but I'm irritated by it. I get that. Mm-hmm. But think about like how many teams could have their best player not play all year just so they can find a loophole in the in the salary cap and bring him back. That says a lot about how good they are. Well, you know what? All teams can. Right. All teams yeah. can. Right. It's but then not, not also yeah. end up a contender like they could still without having their best player. Well, I mean, I mean, the rules are the rules. Oh, yeah. Right? No, I'm just impressed. I'm impressed with what I'm trying to say, that they mm-hmm. were able to still. Here's a Seattle take for you. It's good that they still have that cap issue heading into next season, right? Versus if they fixed it last year, then they couldn't really expose it. Like Seattle couldn't expose anything and take advantage of that. So I think it's great for Seattle. Good for them. Happy for them. Keep yep. driving that salary cap up and good <laughs> luck. Have to deal good with luck it. meeting it. And and you know there's a team out there that has a lot of cap space right now. And that just happens to be Seattle. So what, what John's saying is Kucherov yeah. to Seattle confirmed. <laughs> Isn't Vegas also over the cap right now? I know they were right up against it all year. I don't know. I don't care. I don't really care. <laughs> there's no such thing as salary cap in the playoff, and I don't care. Right on. So I do want to kind of add one thing about the Florida Panther, or excuse me, sun, the good people of Sunrise, Florida, mm-hmm, being mm-hmm. Andy's Sound of Hockey Star three of stars. Mm-hmm. Um, so <laughs> three stars. <laughs> three stars. I remember Sunrise, watching Florida. a game. I do remember watching a playoff game in 2012 on TV with the Florida Panthers, and I think it was New Jersey Devils. One of the games went into overtime in Sunrise, and the crowd stood 
the entire overtime. I thought it was one of the coolest things I've seen. You know, there, there's great markets out there. And there's, you know, I always like to see a red in Calgary. Montreal always puts on a good show. But I thought it was such a unique kind of college football type atmosphere where everyone's just standing, which is crazy because it almost took away from the TV angle. But see it, yeah. I don't know. And I, and I agree with you, man. It was, that game was so fun. And what's, what's been a little fun to see is a lot of the Canadian media who's covering it. Jealous. Saying, oh, man, I miss crowds. <laughs> right. And, and I'm telling you, it, this playoffs has felt awesome because of the crowds, I think. Oh, yeah. So uh, anyway, that's good call there, Andy. One more add on to the sunrise, the good people of sunrise, Florida. I think a lot of people just assume that nobody cared about the Panthers down there. And that's why nobody came to the games. I think it was more because they struggled for so long. I mean, yeah, winning, no doubt. No if, doubt. if you're never winning, no one's going to go to the games. That's just how sports work, right? Losing teams don't draw fans. But once you start winning, look how they look how they come. And, and I don't like paying don't, money for bad products, right? Yeah. That's what it and is. And they were bad for so yeah. long. But look at the, the original rat thing in 96. That, those crowds were amazing, too. That wraps up our bits uh, and our three stars. We now move on to our segments. Uh, weekly one-timers. Our first weekly one-timer. ESPN has hired Leah Hextall to be a play-by-play announcer. That's pretty cool. Uh, not a lot of uh, females hold that role as the play-by-play. I know there's a few that do color, um, but having mm-hmm. somebody to actually do national play-by-play broadcasts who is uh, a female is very exciting. And you know what? Leah Hextall, she did the uh, Frozen 4 game that went to like five overtimes or whatever, and she yeah. was freaking awesome. So um, I'm really excited about this. I think it's a a really, really cool hire for a lot of reasons. And not just, you know, not just because she's a woman. I, I really hate that. That's like the angle. She's good. She's good. She's She's really good at her job for a long time and she absolutely deserves it. And, uh, and that's such a cool hire. So uh, good on ESPN. You know, we talked though about like, I hope that they'll do some things that are just a little bit different from like what we've seen in the past. Um, and that is something that's a little bit different and, and it makes me very happy to see that. So cool, cool thing there. And, uh, and I wish her nothing but the best because I think she's, she's really awesome what she does. I agree. And that's all we have to say about that. <laughs> Our next weekly one-timer. Gabe Landeskog gets a Gordy Howe hat trick in game one against the Blues. Are we excited about this? I kind of hate Gabe Landeskog personally. Why? That's because your old Central Division hatred there. Yeah. Up. Yeah, he, he owns the Minnesota Wild when they play <laughs> each other. So He's a pending free agent. You know that? Is that right? Maybe he'll be a yeah, future he, Kraken. And, and one thing I love about Gabe Landeskog, his English is perfect. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't realize he's Swedish yeah. at all. No. There is no accent whatsoever. Yeah. This series got off to an interesting start. Uh, obviously, Colorado gets a 4-1 win, but it ended with some fireworks as Philip Grubauer got into it with, I don't even know who he's fighting with. Kyle Clifford. That's but right. then in yep. comes Jordan Bennington uh, to like challenge him. Bennington just loves, loves skating down the ice and acting tough and challenging the opposing goalie, but never actually getting into a goalie fight. Yes. Seems, I, I would too with all those pads on. I'd feel pretty good. <laughs> you know? Hey, I'm not, I'm not going to get in shots, but as far as like <laughs> mm-hmm. getting into pushing... <laughs> Matches. That's cool. I'm yeah. down with that. Like, he did this earlier against the Sharks. Remember, he skated around like challenging yeah. the Sharks oh, yeah. bench. And then I, today somebody sh- uh, put a picture up. I guess he did that in, in the AHL too. He challenged oh, yeah. the Texas Stars to I a fight. I think he got suspended or something. Yeah, he yeah. challenged their whole bench to a fight too. So he's a little bit of a hothead. Nothing, mm-hmm. nothing new from yeah. the old Bennington. Yep. 
The we old know. Bennington. We that sounds like a, like the old prospector or something, right? <laughs> oh, old Mr. Bennington up there. Oh, Mr. Bennington. down the ice. Well, challenge everybody. <laughs> I hear there's some gold up down there at the other end of the ice. I'm going to come down with my pickaxe and uh, see if I can chop it out of that gold. We're off the rails. But maybe we'll get right back on the rails on our little mine cart, and we'll roll in and get some gold nuggets in our final oh. segment, which, of course, is Tweets of the Week. Andy, your tweet of the week. That was, that was really weird. Um, my tweet of the week comes from Thomas Durant of The Athletic, who normally covers the Canucks, but tonight was checking in and watching the Avs game. And at the end of the game, after the game was over, he tweeted out, this Avs team is very nearly perfect. The only imperfections are their backup goaltending and their pants. Oh. They sported the blue pants tonight. Those there, damn the pants. Helmet. Well, I think the blue pants are, are permanent. They, uh, they love those blue <laughs> pants. I don't want to say that they've grown on me because they haven't at all, but I don't despise them as much as I did on first view. So maybe Ryan Clark was right that we just need to like get used to them because it's a big change, but well, I still hate them though. Like I, they're, they're bad. They're still bad. I stand by the statement, but if I recall early in the season, weren't they wearing white helmets with the blue pants? And that was, that was not a very good look. Yeah, but there they're some at home. They still do that on the road. They still, they? Okay. yeah. Because the blue helmets, I think, look okay with the blue pants. I don't know. I, ugh, I, I don't like them. But. <laughs> just FYI, I don't care. Yeah, like, we know. We know, me. John. Darren yeah. and I will talk about it. You just sit there and wait for yeah, you. Yeah, I, I watch the games. <laughs> What's your tweet of the week, John? It's from uh, Tony X, otherwise known as at Solo U City. Mm-hmm. I think it's probably and like Solo City. Like, is it like a St. Louis thing, right? Because he's a blues fan. Yeah, I think That's so. right. I he was know. that out of nowhere became a fan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> he's got one of those It's quotes. It says, please watch Canucks versus Flames signed essentially the NHL network because you know obviously those games are going on while the playoffs are going on and then and then it says Twitter and it has this image of a wrestling match where pretty much everybody every fan is throwing their chair into the rink and burying the wrestler who's in there uh it's pretty awesome making me laugh every time I look at it oh my god <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, I don't know if it'll translate. Yeah, no, but, form, but, but go find this. Go find this tweet. Search for Tony X, Soul Lucidity. I like how this uh, in the video there, there's there's somebody who comes out and like pleads with the crowd to stop throwing their chairs. And then he gets hit with a chair and just kind of disappears. <laughs> and just the chairs just keep on raining into the, so many to the ring until the guy in the ring it has to be buried by like thousand, like over a thousand chairs in the end of there's this. There's so many. Just, they just keep it's coming. crazy. Uh, anyway, my tweet of the week is kind of in the same vein, actually, referencing, you know, the Canucks and the Flames are still playing each other for some reason. This guy says, my favorite subplot of the first round of the playoffs is going to be Calgary and Vancouver still playing regular season games like two ghost teams who died in a shipwreck and are doomed to relive their haunting final days <laughs> over and over again. That comes from Anthrax <laughs> Jones. Uh, but that one made me laugh pretty hard. I also saw a, uh, a really funny meme, and I couldn't find it to give the person credit on the episode here. But it was like four guys in like military gear, and they were clearly like lined up to go storm something. And then there's a fifth guy that was in a clown suit for some reason. And it was like <laughs> Capitals Bruins was the first military guy. Avalanche Blues was the second military guy. Minnesota versus Las Vegas was the third military guy. And then the clown was Canucks against Flames. And I was like, this is incredible. It was so, so funny. So 
Good stuff out a there. Strange, a strange situation. For very, sure. very strange situation. Uh, but you know what's not a strange situation is the playoffs that are actually happening because they have been incredibly fun. Uh, I mean, we've had every type of game so far in in these early going of these. Play- I mean, we had the goalie duel between Mark Andre Fleury and Cam Talbot. That was incredible. We had like one of the most high octane games you'll ever <laughs> see between Tampa Bay and oh, Florida. I loved every second of that. I mean, just awesome, awesome stuff. And you know, uh, I hope it stays this way. Yeah, I thought I thought Pittsburgh and the Islanders was going to be a total dud. Turns out that was like an awesome, mm-hmm. yeah. incredible game yeah. in overtime, you know? So, oh man, I love it. Because sometimes it's the series you least expect to be a good one. And all of a sudden, it, like that that series might be end up being a pretty good one. Uh, I think we expected a lot of this from the Minnesota-Vegas series. And I think we expected a lot from the Florida series. But that one, love it, love it, love it. The first yeah. round is, is amazing. That wraps up episode 138, folks. So we told you it was going to be a short one. There was good reason for that, but uh, we hope you enjoyed it anyway. We did not have a review this week, which uh, after such a great showing last week, I was a little offended and sad to see that. Um, but we know, we know that we harped on you pretty hard a couple weeks ago and so then you put your reviews out well, there you did i know did. and then and yeah. then you guys were all like okay i did what i could do and now that's it and so now all of a sudden we're back to not having reviews and it's just it's just disappointing. life comes but out of fast it, yeah i mean i'm not mad but i'm disappointed right <laughs> <laughs> I'm just disappointed. But Listeners, really, thank community. you for listening. We love hey, all of you. Listening. Yeah, this has been a this has been a great time doing this podcast, and we're going to continue doing this podcast and all that stuff. But uh, we we love all of you, so thank you. Wow, um, I feel please, like kind of ending on a downer here. That got, got a little sad. Yeah, no, I'm t- I'm a, it's a heart to heart. We're having you just a said heart he to loved heart. you. Yeah, that's not I know, sad. But yeah, just the whole like we're going to keep doing this. That just the whole thing felt like. I mean, odd. we've been doing it for like three years now, so yeah, we're going to keep doing it. Anyway, this is the end of episode 138. We'll be back. <laughs> next week for episode 139 please subscribe on stitcher subscribe on itunes subscribe on spotify we'll talk to you all i don't know sometime soon we've promised a bunch of stuff at this point so yeah we'll talk to you we'll talk to you cheers